Blog Talk Radio. of an important brain protein, which they are now really working hard uh, at um, actually finding a cure for because this is the one thing that they say, they call it the, uh, I think at one point I read, they said it was like the Rosetta Stone of autism. Um, And uh, in Victoria's case, she is immobile. She cannot really use her hands all that well. And she cannot speak, you know, uh, completely fluently. There are times certain words do come out, uh, and uh, you know, it, it's just that that's one of the miracles right there. You know, another thing is is hand wringing. Another thing with Rett syndrome is hand wringing, and uh, in, in her case, she has been opening her hands a lot. And the last time we were in Boston at the Children's Hospital, the Rett syndrome clinic, the specialist was really. Uh, you know, he was amazed at the fact she was opening her hands, and he said to really, really keep an eye on that, and it could be a possible sign of a ret reversal. Wow, phenomenal! Yeah, I think I remember uh, talking about that, and that, that's all happened without any external intervention, no medications, no surgery, nothing. It's just a process happening on its own. That's happening on its own. She does have some medication she takes, but um, not exactly for that. Um, she has a, a couple of medications. That's one thing we are really happy about is the fact she doesn't have to take many. We do not want to put her on many. And uh, since she's only on a very, very few, she's shown more awareness. Um, 
she's a lot more alert about her surroundings and she, you know, really recognizes people right away. And that's something that, you know, for a long time we were, you know, curious if she could really recognize us, if she was taking that in and understanding and in all. And uh, we've noticed now she's extremely aware. And I, we will, I'm sure we'll go on to the whole thing. Um, we took her to the home last night, so we'll, we'll probably go on to that. Okay, so the home is the is the miracle that we want to address. Uh, why don't you fill the audience in on exactly what happened there? Well, uh, five years ago we started up a team for Victoria, and because we're living in a very small second story apartment, and my husband would have to carry her and her chair up and down the stairs, whether we go anywhere, and for her to go to school, so he couldn't even hold down. Uh, you know, a part-time, let alone a full-time job, because he would have to get her on the bus at 8.30 in the morning and have to be home by at least 11.30, 12 o'clock in the afternoon because she only went to school for so many hours to be able to carry her up the stairs, carry her chair. Um, and if she had to get into her bed, he was the one to lift her. Um, you know, we have no room for any kind of lifts whatsoever. So, you know, he's he's had to stay pretty much stable to the home at all times. So we we built up this team to try to work before on even, so Before you even go there, I think the, the other miracle is that uh, um, that Victoria is not Colby's child, right? Right, right. He is her so stepfather. Isn't, this is pretty miraculous that the guy who uh, yeah. was so in love with you and obviously your daughter um, decided to, you know, become part of your world. Yes, um, you know, I, for the longest time I felt, you know, there there was that doubt there that I would actually find someone that would take on that challenge as well as, you know, I do have, um, I have an older daughter too, you know, a woman with two children and one being, um, you know, challenged, you know, you know, um, you know, extreme challenge for that matter, for someone to come into, you know, my life and accept that and take that on with me is is huge. So yes, it, it definitely that was one of the one of the big miracles, I guess you could say. Well, and again, don't you love it with the uh, conventional wisdom, the way that people react? And I'm sure that you got uh, maybe if they didn't say it verbally, and I'm sure they did because uh, you know those people that don't uh, have the experiences that we've had uh, would say things like, "Well, you know, it's going to be very difficult for you to find anybody because of da la 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 la." I mean, you must have heard mm-hmm. those things. Many, oh, yes, many times, you know, people would say, oh, oh, I don't know, I, you know, I actually, to tell you the truth, had met some, you know, um, men that I, you know, could have possibly dated, and when they found out, you know, my whole situation, you know, they liked me, but then they found out, okay, you know, you got two kids, okay, there's, well, okay, she's got kids, no big deal, then they find out, okay, she's got a child in a wheelchair with extreme, with a condition, um, sorry, we can just be friends and talk, and, and that's it. Well, I respected that. I, I never got angry at the vault because it just, you know, I said, well, it was just one of the people who didn't happen to have that, um, um, I guess you could say, strong spirit inside of them, you know, to take that on. Fantastic. That's you know, again, I love it when we you can take conventional wisdom with all the doubts and uh, the belief in the you know statistics and whatever, 
And, you know, people come up with these these theories and then don't allow for the miracles that, you know, we've both have experienced, but in this case, you have. Exactly. What do people like that say when they finally, um, you know, see your life situation now that you do have someone in your life that loves you and your daughter and that is a, you know, is not a, um, is a provider, a caretaker, uh, somebody who is totally involved with the family. What you know? What do those people say now? Do they say anything? They, um, he's been. I mean, there it's been from one extreme to the other. You know, there has actually been criticism because he wasn't out working two or three jobs, or you know, even one whole full time job. And then there's also been the people who say, you know, thank God, you know, thank God that you know he came in your life. Thank God that. Um, there was somebody out there that took that on, um, you know, and there are all those people out there that do believe in, you know, more than just the, quote, black and white and say, hey, you know, things happen for a reason, that, you know, this is a miracle, and, uh, the, you know, it's been from one extreme to the other. <laughs> well, it's, it's really Definitely. tough for people to swallow. I, I tell you what, uh, at this point I noticed another caller, a good friend of mine, a spiritual uh, warrior on the same path, uh, and I'd like to bring her in at this point and introduce her to the audience and uh, just kind of bring her up to speed so she's not just hanging on the phone uh, listening. But can we do that? Is that all right with you? Definitely. It's fine. Okay. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Anne-Marie, are you in? Anne-Marie. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you great. Are you, oh. In fact, this is kind of bizarre. You are, uh, if I take it right from some of the uh, texts you sent me yesterday, you're in Maine today. I am. I didn't realize I was on this. I didn't press one to be connected. But um, so, all right. But I'll be happy to. Be well, do you, well, I can put you on mute if you wish. What do you mean? Well, you can just, or you can just kind of hang. Uh, you can just kind of hang out and listen and. Yeah, jump I'd like in to hang out for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I'd great. Like well, just to bring you up to speed, we're talking to Rosemary Butcher. I love to say that. It feels so good, Butcher, young, who lives in Maine as well. And she has a daughter that has Rett syndrome. Correct me along the way if I don't get any of the details right, Rosemary. Uh, Rett syndrome, which is a a disease that, uh, or a symptom in, uh, anyway, that uh, only young young girls are, um, are born with. And it's an extra yeah. X chromosome in their bodies, and, and, and which produces too much protein in their brain. So um, it's, it's almost impossible for her to, to perform in a what we call a normal way. And uh, lately, there's been a lot of miracles in Rosemary's life, especially the one that's happening this week. The first miracle she was just explaining was one of the not one of the first, but one of the many, is that she met a gentleman that. Uh, uh, Colby is his name, that not only uh, dated her, but also uh, knew that she had a child in a wheelchair and a, an older daughter. And everybody was telling Rosemary for years that she, the chances of her of meeting anyone who would be willing to opt into her life situation would be next to impossible. Well, I guess be a miracle. And uh, so the miracle happened, and she's got this great guy. But this week, go ahead, Rosemary, why don't you tell us what you're doing this week? This week we are going to be moving into the one-story home that we had gathered a team of people together to work on for the past five years to, you know, try to get a, into a one-story home. Um, and now through Habitat for Humanity, uh, that that dream has become a reality. So, uh, and, and you know, so 
you 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 actually a lot of the miracles that happened to uh, Anne Marie and I come out of nowhere, <laughs> and I'm sure mm-hmm. you have those as well. But this one, oh, yeah. you, this one you actually um, you sought, you went after. Is that right? Yes, strongly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, uh, what are the chances? Uh, I mean, how many people uh, apply for one of these homes? Oh, they have. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, as of right now, in the area, the the contractor that that is wor- working on our home, he said this is the 12th house he's done. So uh-huh. you know, there's there's people going in, you know, quite a bit to look into a habitat home here. And, yeah, but uh, I mean, how many people? There must be there must be a waiting list. Uh, you know. There are. There's actually there's actually a woman right now that's that's waiting to have her house built. Um, and there are more people that have walked in to apply. Uh, we, you know, we haven't been informed as to how many uh, as of as of now, as of yet. But um, it's definitely, since it's come into the area, it's definitely been something that people have been going for. Okay. And, I, um, again, I don't know the mechanics of how it actually works, but I assume that, that this uh, happens at no cost to you. Is that true? Well, we, we had to, we're in partnership with them. Um, fundraisers that we started. Uh, my husband's cousin has a band. He did a concert for Victoria, raised over a thousand dollars. We did uh, silent often, um, and then all of a sudden, a woman that had, you know, because we we had the newspaper come and actually do, you know, an interview with our family more than once, and she, you know, heard about Victoria. She, you know, saw pictures of her about her condition and what you know we had been fighting for for so long and she donated over $34,000 towards, <laughs> towards the home. <laughs> oh yeah. She donated. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, back up a little bit. Wait a minute. This woman donated of her own money? Yes. $34,000. Yes, but that's that's not that's not the icing on the cake. Um she <laughs> she had heard she had heard that there was supposed to be another grant going in, but it had fallen through, and so she felt really bad. So she donated an extra sixty-four thousand dollars towards it. <laughs> she was just, yeah. <laughs> and you never met this woman before. I actually, we did. She wanted to remain anonymous, but we did meet her. Uh, I was in. Well, I mean, before health- she decided, before she decided to do it. I mean, did you know her? Oh no, not at all. She did. She didn't know us at all. She, she had seen one of Victoria's cards because we passed them out. She has little cards from Girl Power to Cure, um, and uh, <laughs> she saw us passing one, and and she noticed it was Victoria, and she got really excited and said, "Oh, that's Victoria. You're her parents." Said, yes. And she was. She says, "Well, don't worry. Everything's going to work out for you." And that's all she said. <laughs> So this woman, so we, let me do the, let me do the. She, she donated almost, I mean, within a thousand or two thousand dollars of a hundred thousand dollars to you guys. Yes. <laughs> now, does this, this habitat for men? Is that what the house cost, or were there additional monies that have to have to be raised? Well, the, the house itself, um, they usually cost up to about seventy thousand dollars. And then we have we have over about two acres of land, um, and but with the extras, you know, they had to put ramps in for her, and she has she had to have a a special lift system put into her room that is actually 
you know, um, by by remote actually lifts and can carry her from her room across the hallway into the bathroom so that I can, you know, set her down to get her into the shower. So that was one thing. And also, um, you know, other little touches here and there that they had to put in for so that, you know, it would make it a lot easier for her to, for us to maneuver her around. Okay, so what, did other monies come in miraculously after that? Yes, we had money, we had uh, donations coming in from Texas. We had donations from, you know, around the United States for her. Amazing. And then recently, you, I, this is a, almost hard to conceive when that kind of, I had no idea that that kind of money was raised. Uh, just, what, two weeks ago you needed, I can't, I can't believe that $500 could have held this deal up. I mean, that's what you needed for the closing costs. Oh, yes, and, and we we actually stood outside with a car wash, and my daughter was outside with a sign for car wash, and to try to raise some money towards that. We had a bake sale. We, you know, we were trying everything under the sun to try to get this money raised up because, you know, being, you know, full-time caregivers, my husband not being able to, to work, you know, um, it, you know, we said, okay, what can we do together as a family to try to raise some of this money? And we did this, and then all of a sudden, this woman, my mother, has, has like a little indoor shop yard sale going on down in what previously used to be the family restaurant. And this woman comes in. She sees one of Victoria's cards that my mother had handed her. My mother was explaining to her about Victoria, and she was really touched. I mean, it, it hit her somehow. So she went back home, and she was telling her family about it, and her kids actually ran into their rooms and went and dug into their piggy banks and wanted to, you know, give this any change, any dollars they had to help, you know, raise for the closing on the house. And so she brought it to her church. And she told them, you know, all about Victoria and all about the situation. And within a day, they had over $500 for us. And, uh, yeah, and she came back and she came into our little apartment. She handed us the check. And I just, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad we saved this for the show because I had no idea. So I'm, I'm just... Uh... <laughs> Well, it, uh, Blown away, aren't I, I you, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anne Marie, I don't know if you feel like talking at this point, but this kind of uh, we've heard this story a lot, a lot in our uh, time, and uh, but this is a pretty good one. <laughs> this is this is a lot of money. It is. <laughs> and you want to add That's anything at this point, Anne Marie? Um, uh, no, not really. Actually, it's pretty. Um, that's pretty amazing that that all came to fruition like that. How long? Uh, how um. How long has this been going on? Is it? It's, it's been about five home. years. Five years, about right? About five Rosemary? years. Yes, five mm-hmm. years. Wow. It's yeah. kind of cool. I got a Rosemary and an Anne Marie here. Uh, <laughs> That's a the, miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Another, Another miracle. miracle. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so if we were to, uh, you know, I, I told you we were going to get a little. Uh, into a little discussion uh, about uh, uh, how these things happen or what we try to assign to uh, how these things happen. And we, we always kind of look as human beings that there's a cause and effect. That, And you, um, you, uh, you leaned more toward where I used to be in my thinking, and I think that uh, Anne-Marie was in her thinking that, you know, if you uh, – 
you you meditate, if you visualize, if you uh, put out the positive thoughts, then you can pray, whatever. You can bring these things to you. And uh, you want to give us, uh, you know, a take on where you are on that? I I meditate every day. I clear my mind, you know, every every single morning. And you know, of course, you're going to have those those little uh, I like to put it those those little imps that try to get in the little negativities. And I will I will just try. I'll say, you know, I'll push them out. And if that starts happening, I'll say, okay, one little step in front of the other, one little positive thought can lead up to stronger positive thoughts. And the more positive energy, this is what what I believe, the more positive energy that I'm, you know, putting out, I will draw in. So um, this has also been, you know, for Victoria's sake as well. So uh, because we just recently took her to her orthopedic doctor and he checked out her spine and noticed that her um, scoliosis had... uh, degree had gone up. Well, you know, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep working hard. We're going to keep thinking positive. We're going to keep praying for her. And, you know, the last time that it, it was up, we worked hard. We did that. And it went from uh, I think it was 35 to 21. So, you know, just that alone, that was a miracle in itself. So, yes, you know, the more you keep yourself with that positive vibration. I also do it in a very humble manner. I you know, we you Tom, you and I talked about the whole ego thing. Um I try not to let that get in the way. You know, if right. it starts if I see it start to, to come up a little bit, I'll I'll pretty much tell it to back off and say, you know, hey, you know, I've got to remain humble, be grateful for every little thing that comes into my life every day, whatever it may be. Right, right. And and you know, you know, I'll tell you I think what you know, I I certainly honor all those things. I I was at a point in my life where uh, I was doing exactly what you are doing now. You know, meditating, visualizing, journaling, and amazing, amazing, amazing things would uh, materialize. That you know, that I thought that I was in control of. And then uh, I got to a stage in my life recently where uh, it just it worked for a little while. And again, it reinforced the idea that I could manifest anything. And then started, things started to take their own course. And, you know, just the opposite happened. I started to lose everything. And so for me, it's been a, a struggle to try to decide, you know, which is which. And then, so my take these days is that, and it's so funny because yesterday, you know, when you're down the path like this, don't you find that you get teachers, uh, mentors, uh, experiences, situations that come along to um, enlighten you a little bit. And yesterday I had one of those situations. There's a guy named Guy Finley who has written a a myriad of books on spirituality. He's a brilliant writer, very clear, and just one of the great guys. He's kind of – a lot of people haven't heard of him, but, you know, he doesn't look for – success and fame and he's not always down your throat trying to push something new on you but uh you know he talked about this yesterday this uh, that there's basically a force that we are connected to that wants us to succeed as human beings and that that uh force 
that you know, and he says whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it God, life, whatever. He says he didn't want to get into the semantics of it, but that wants these things for us. And I think what we found, at least I found, is that, uh, and he talked about the story that we all have a story, and he said that when it looks like life is taking things from you, he said it's not it's not necessarily taking it to our little. He says there's two stories. And so, and what you and I have talked about, there's two, there's two we's, there's the, there's the, or two eyes, there's the, the little eye, and then there's the big eye. Mm-hmm. And the little eye, and the little story, he says, is always, wait a minute, you can't do this to me. You know, life, you can't do this to me. This is not my story. My story is, I, I want this, 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 and this, and I have this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. My story doesn't say that these things can leave my life now that this person can leave my life now, that this, you know, this money can leave my life now, that this house can leave, that my health can leave. And he says that is a little story. But the big story we're not aware of. And to me, uh, when I'm looking at all of the miracles that have happened for you, there's obviously a big story going on. I, I Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, for a long time, I... I didn't believe it, but now I I do for sure because uh, you know there's, there's I think that's the point. There's the point where you really have to. Uh, it's so hard to conceive as the little us, the little mind, the little intellect, the little ego. Um, you know, and and I think we're only a, we may be just talking a hairline bit of difference here, but I think what all of the st- things like meditation and gratitude. And all of those things do for us is it helps us helps that little eye try to deal with the big story. But the big story, in my mind, is going to happen whether we are grateful, whether we're going to meditate, whether what you know. And there may be a connection in that. Um, if and, and this is what he spoke about yesterday. He said when you get in alignment with that big eye, you know, the big us, the with the big story. When you get in alignment with that, then things happen. And I think I totally, absolutely agree with that, that the story is going to happen one way or another, or the stories are going to happen. But when you are open and when you are flexible and when you are um, have gratitude in those things, it allows the story, and more importantly, it allows the little eye to be more flexible and understanding of the big eye. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. You know, but, you know, again, <laughs> my little eye in the old days thought, wow, look at how powerful I am. And I think there is a the part of us that is powerful is not the little eye. The powerful that is, the part that is powerful is the big eye. <clears throat> that, that, that other, that what, whether we want to call it life, God, uh, the universe, whatever people decide on a, on a name for that that is the part that's driving the, what we call um and Marie and I were um lucky a few years back to find a guy that kind of put in an interesting point he says we are not driving the bus and the more that that became clear uh in fact guy finley talked it about it yesterday one of the aspects that uh, this individual is, his name is robert scheinfeld he said that uh no matter what you do in life he says, and everybody tries to do this, 
in the big race, you can't catch the rabbit. In other words, you can't be like the dogs in a dog track catching, trying to run. He says, he's never going to catch the rabbit. He says, no matter how hard you train, no matter how hard you visualize, no matter how hard you try to project um, and manifest, you're not going to catch the rabbit. The rabbit is always going to get away. In other words, wealth, uh, fame, uh, health, all of these things are only going to, you may attain them for a short time, but in the long run, in the long run, the story's going to work out the way that it does. And yesterday, Guy Finley talked about the same thing. He said that it's senseless to run the race because you're not going to win the race. He says the race is futile. He says, but the big story will work its way out. And I certainly see that, you know, you you live that. Yeah. I um, And... I can't even begin to stress the, how, with everything happening, that it's, it's humbled me more. Um, <laughs> it, it, it has. Most people would think that, you know, the more things that happen like this, that, you know, your head's going to swell and swell and swell, and it doesn't. Um, it's more It's more the opposite. I, I'm, I'm, I know that if I was to think that way, that things would crash. But that's just what I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I would have to agree with you on that, and I think that, um, you know, I, I had to wake up. I had to wake up to that fact as well. And again, it's, it, it is extremely humbling, and it's, it's a part, as you mentioned before, the, the ability to believe in these things, is, uh, when, when it turns, because we're taught from from the earliest times that we are in control. You know, you've got to you got to work hard. You got to go to school. You got to do this. If you do this, then you get this, and then you start to realize that something else is working that you can't comprehend. It's bigger. It's invisible, and you start to wrap your head around. It. And it's so hard to. And that's one of the things that how I found Guy Finley was. Um, his his whole premise is that the most powerful thing you can do is let go. That's right. Those, those yeah. are the two words. Yeah, those are very powerful words right there. Just yeah. let go. Yeah. Let go um, and trust. And, That's right. Yeah, and and it isn't so much to trust that. Oh well, something he mentioned yesterday that it's always for the better that something better will come along. I don't even think it's that. I think it's simply just trusting that, <laughs> well, first of all, if it's going to be, it's going to be. And just realizing that there's some reason that we'll never, ever be able to comprehend. And to just, if you resist, you know, and that's, again, yesterday he was pointing out that re- reacting is the worst thing you can do. You know, in a in, in a in a negative or... Uh, in in a resisting whatever comes into your life, complaining, dep- being depressed, being angry, whatever, all that does for you is make you miserable. Exactly. It's and um, when, when yeah. you yeah, you know, and when you do things like what you talk about, gratitude, et cetera, it just makes your life so much easier. It does. I I was as you were talking about that, I was. Picturing, you know, how they say, you know, things go go in a circle or a cycle. Well, you keep that positive cycle going, and like you said, the gratitude in there. 
when negativity enters, it's like try to picture a Ferris wheel going and then this big, huge, you know, something getting jammed in it. It, it stops. <laughs> you know, everything that's just a, stops. That's a great analogy. You know it, yeah, before you know it, you know, there's pizzas flying everywhere and forget about <laughs> it. You know, hey, uh, so yeah, so that that's the way I see it. You know, if you keep that positive flow going, and, and it doesn't get jammed. Oh, I, and I love that. Going. That's great. You've got, you're right. Everything's everything's going around, and you're on the ride, and the ride is kind of nice. Yeah. And it's you know, when it goes up high, it gets a little scary, but then you come back down, and then you go back up, and um, yeah, you know. It, the, but <laughs> you start. The thing about all it, of, the thing. The thing about it getting going up high on this on the ride is you get to see so much. There's such beautiful scenery out there that you know if you let fear get in the way, mm-hmm. then you know how how can how can you see that, you know? Exactly. And so you know it's that that's how I see it. Because whenever even when I was a kid, whenever I went on a Ferris wheel, I always loved going right at the top so I could see everything, the whole entire fairground, you know. So. Yeah, when when you're getting brought up there, the best thing to do is just take a deep breath and just really close your eyes for a second and then take it all in because, you know, you're going to be going back down again and coming back up. <laughs> I love the analogy. The other one, of course, is the roller coaster, which is, you know, oh, yeah. the same it's the same thing. It's the up and down and the, the scaries. I don't know if you – there's a great comedian um, who's no longer on the planet, but uh, Bill Hicks. And he, there was about a two-minute, three-minute clip of him on YouTube delivering what he did at the end of his every one of his performances. And he said, what's the point? Is there a point to my act? And he said, yeah, there's a point. He says that life is nothing more than a big roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. He says, and, and he says, at first, it's really exciting. He says, for a while, and fun. He says, for a while. And then he says, things start to happen. And it isn't so much fun anymore. But he says, it's just a ride. Understand it's just a ride and that nobody gets hurt. Now, I don't know who he was tuned into because I, I saw a documentary in his life. But uh, he uh, he certainly hit into what all of the great, the really the people who really know what they're talking about, in my opinion, that seem to, you know, justify or certainly explain recent events in my life that have always been there, but that I wasn't able to, there was this, always this veil. Um, I like to call it the, the man behind the curtain. In fact, I started doing a blog and yesterday I found a clip from, um, from the wizard of Oz. And we, <clears throat> we go through life. And as I think you alluded to a little bit earlier, that the fact that it was, it's hard to believe that there's this other big thing running, driving the bus. You know, playing out the story that's in control of the ride, and that's what I call the man behind the curtain. And we go through life thinking that whatever we think is real, whatever we think is running the show, isn't isn't it? There's always a man behind the curtain, and that's so hard to embrace. I can picture it though. Well, we didn't talk about today And we're going to run out of time In fact, we're actually running over But this has been such a great show I wanted to do that um, But you are a medium Yes Okay. And, empath, uh, I'm an empath medium mm-hmm. And what, what does that mean, empath? 
for I'm very sensitive to I'm even sensitive to emotions around me. People, if I walk into a room and there's you know a bunch of people in there, I've had to leave because the energy was just so strong that you know I it just would shake me up. I would literally get shaken up inside and I would have to leave. And well, for instance, I'll, I'll tell you a real short one before we have to go is. Uh, my husband and I went to uh, watch his cousin play. His cousin ha- had a show going one night with his band. It was at a pretty small, you know, place, but it was also in what used to be an old nursing home. And I was sitting there, and I just had overrunning. You know, everybody was happy in there, bouncing around, music playing. And I was overrun with so much emotion. I felt like I wanted to cry, and here I'm supposed to be out, you know, enjoying myself with my husband, and I'm sitting there, and I I, I was literally shaking. So we moved down so many tables. I figured, well, let's just sit closer to the door. You know, there's less people over there. And it got worse and worse. And I, I got halfway down. They had this big ramp going out the back. I got halfway down towards our vehicle, and I just burst into tears. And I, I, was, I said, what is wrong with me? You know, and this was this was before I I really had grasped the fact that you know this is what it was. So you know, I talked to so many people about it. I even called. There was there's a local medium. I called her up. I told her everything I went through, and she said, well, it sounds like you're you're in the stages. You're in, in definitely in the phases of mediumship. So, um, and being an empath, just so sensitive to to everything around me. Um, wow. So, I mean, what do you what do you attribute it to now? Were you picking up on the fact that a lot of people had died there? That there were a lot of spirits there? That yes, yes, I, I had that feeling that you know when when we left and I talked to my husband about it, he said, well, you know, we were sitting in what used to be an old nursing home. There were people that passed there, so I was you know here this loud music is playing and there's all these people that are you know just. I wouldn't say going crazy, but, you know, very loud. And who would want that, <laughs> you know, in a nursing home? So I was thinking to myself, well, I guess these spirits weren't very happy about that. So that's the only <laughs> thing that, that I could I could pick up from that because at the time I was just, I had still had that question mark over my head as to what it was all about. So, um, Do you have a um, clearer understanding today as to what it was about? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, something as simple as, you know, if there's, I mean, could you picture, you know, a rock band playing loudly in a nursing home? <laughs> I don't think, I, I know that if, if I, you know, if I was sitting sitting there as, as, you know, a senior citizen and I wanted to rest, I wouldn't want loud rock music playing, so they were upset. So uh, that's, you know, I even talked to some other, you know, um, mediums as well, psychics that, uh, you know, had had similar experiences, and they said, "Yes, definitely. That's, that's definitely what you were dealing with." Well, so the the entities there were uh, reacting in a very negative way. Oh yes, I mean, they, it was there was there was um, I could feel upsetment, anger, you know, just um, a lot of discomfort. So wow. you know, I, we we left right away. Uh, another thing was not too long after that show, the owner manager of this what what used to be you know what I'm saying, turned into a you know a, a bar slash you know little burger joint had died from a massive heart attack. 
Really? Yes. So, you know, eh, you try to connect the dots and say, you know, hey, what's going on here? I mean, because a lot of people say that's just mere coincidence, you know. But, uh, I I mean, you believe what you believe. I respect everybody's beliefs, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I, I, uh, as always, it's a, it's a great joy. You have such great insights, and uh, today was, I, you know, <clears throat> I realized, you know, the the bigger part of the story, which was that, you know, you were going to receive this house, but I didn't know the details, and the details are nothing short of miraculous. And I mean, come on, how could you possibly? Uh, plan, you know, everybody talks about, well, I have to plan this, and if you you plan this, and, you know, da, 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 it'll come out the way it is. But you didn't plan any of that. No, 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 not at all. No. <laughs> no, it just well, all happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, again, if it's going to happen, well, I think we talked about recently that um, I was, for a while there, I was following uh, Joel Osteen, the uh, evangelist the prosperity evangelist from Dallas, Texas, and he had similar stories about how he acquired um, the Houston Rockets um, stadium, which was an impossible task. You know, it was, it's a facility now that's worth over, you know, I don't know, I think he said 500 to $800 million, and um, nobody wanted him to get it. Everybody was against him because once he got it and made it to church, of course, and it was tax-free, and the people of Houston and in the state of Texas itself, he had all these billionaires who were plotting against him to get it. And in spite of it, in spite of it, events happened, miraculous events happened that weren't within his power, but within the big story uh, to make it happen. So, and, and again, this morning you're talking about, you know, over $100,000 that appeared. <laughs> <It's here. laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, and uh, that's our show for today, folks, and uh, thank you for sticking with us as long as you have, and uh, everybody have a great Labor Day, and uh, there we go. Rosemary, thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. You have a good day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Watch the dolphins swim Or chill down at the harbor and watch the ships come in Oh yeah